Hello and welcome to Cross-Examination, the podcast for curious Christians confronting complicated questions. My name is Cale Prindle. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode, or if this is your first, welcome to Cross-Examination, a podcast that I am working on to create a space for people that have had to revisit their spirituality and their faith, and it, it might not look the same, and it might be kind of messy and cluttered and everything else, and that's okay. This is a space where we want to have tricky conversations and ask complicated questions and not feel ashamed for having those questions to begin with. Today's episode is a little bit different than the the first handful. The first one was very scripted. The second one was just an outline. And, and this one's kind of an outline too, except that it's actually a talk I gave at my school. I teach at a small private Christian school and they asked me to speak for their weekly chapel service. And I said, yes. And so that's why it's going to sound a little different. The sound levels are really weird because I didn't have anyone that was actually like doing sound for me. So I apologize if that seems a little off and loud and everything else. Um, But enjoy. Let's just get straight to it. We're going to take a look at John chapter 9 today. And um, John chapter 9 has a, a story that most of us are familiar with. But just a quick recap. Jesus and his disciples are walking by and they come across a man who was born blind and his disciples say, who messed this one up? Is this his fault or is it his parents' fault? And Jesus says, it doesn't work like that. And he scoops up some mud, puts it on the blind guy's eyes, said, go wash those off. And he does, and he can see, and it's amazing, except for what happens next. So this is John chapter 9. I'm going to start reading in verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who was formerly blind. Now, it was a Sabbath on the day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also were asking him again how he received his sight. And he said to them, he applied clay to my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees were saying, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said to the blind man again, What do you say about him since he opened your eyes? And he said, He's a prophet. The Jews then did not believe it of him, that he had been blind and had received sight, until they called the parents of the very one who had received his sight, and questioned them, saying, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? Then how does he see now? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but how he now sees, we do not know. Or what opened his eyes, we do not know. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. For this reason, for this reason his parents said he's of age ask him. So a second time they called the man who, was, who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He then answered, whether he is a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, 
that though I was blind, now I see. So they said to him, how did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already. He did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You do not want do you, sorry, you do not want to become his disciples too, do you? They reviled him and said, You are his disciples. We are the disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken through Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said to them, Well, there's an amazing thing that you do not know where he is from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he hears him. Since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone opened his eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do anything. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins. And are you teaching us? So they put him out. We have a story here of somebody whose entire life has been framed around an idea that your life condition was somehow a reflection of your own righteousness. And it's a story of a guy who has a profound life-altering moment. And when he goes before the religious leaders, they do not acknowledge his life, they do not acknowledge his experience, and they do not acknowledge his pain or his suffering. And they kick him out. Have you ever been disappointed by your church? Have you ever been disappointed by a group of people who, when you came to them with something you were really excited about, they quizzed you, interrogated you, didn't believe your experience, and your enthusiasm dwindled and disappeared? Jesus is frequently disappointed by the religious leaders of his day. In Matthew 21, he goes into a temple and drives out the people who are doing business there and says, you're turning a house of prayer into a den of thieves. And in Matthew 23, he gives a scathing rebuke of everything that the religious establishment was doing, saying, you put on a good front, but you're a graveyard on the inside. And it wasn't just Jesus who had a problem with this. We have all the prophets in the Old Testament who frequently came to the religious leaders and said, you are messing up everything. This is not how you're supposed to be doing it. And yet at that time, you had most of those people all believing the same thing, that your life conditions were a reflection of your righteousness. And we know that because when Jesus approaches this blind man, it's his own disciples who say, who messed it up? And Jesus provides us with a new idea. He rejects the old idea that your value is based on what you do. And instead, he replaces it with this new idea that says you are valuable because of who you are. You're a person. You're a human. You have dignity that is built into your being. It doesn't matter what your parents did, and it doesn't matter what you did. The struggles of life, the highs and the lows, are not a reflection of your goodness in the face of God, but is a reflection of the goodness of Christ 
that God sees you with. But this idea was so strong that the religious leaders didn't just use it for the man who was blind. They've been using it for Jesus as well. Back in verse 14, we see the religious leaders asking this man who was blind, and they're frustrated because Jesus did the healing on the Sabbath. And they said, Jesus cannot be a good person because he's breaking our laws. But it's more than just that because they're not even fully committed to this idea. From verse 14, now it was a Sabbath on the day when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. And the Pharisees also were asking him again how he received his sight. And he said to them, he applied clay to my eyes and I washed and I see. Verse 16, therefore some of the Pharisees were saying, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? What I find among other things, very interesting about this story is when this man shows up and says, I used to be blind and now I'm not. And they say, who did it? He said, Jesus said, Jesus is breaking our laws. Good people don't break our laws. This is a problem. And it creates a cognitive dissonance in the community, a split in the group that's there because some of them are saying it can't possibly be true while others are saying, yeah, well, something's gotta be going on. And that puts them in a very difficult position because now they have to interrogate themselves, they have to interrogate their beliefs, they have to interrogate the way God works, the way God sees humanity, the way God sees each and every one of us, and that really messed with their heads because they believed fully that what they did is what built their value. But if somebody broke a law about what they were supposed to do, because it provided dignity and value to somebody who needed it. If that person represented God, that kind of puts a little chip into what they were believing before this. But what they do is something that I feel is still a problem today because it's been a problem for centuries. When you have a new idea that is presented to an, a religious establishment Instead of toiling over what this could possibly mean and, and investigating and praying and studying, instead they find a scapegoat to place all of those problems on. And that's what happens to this man. Because they don't know what to do. It's like Jesus is right or Jesus is wrong, but if he's right, but he broke the rules, and what does that mean for us? And who are we now? And they're like, ah, my brain, get this guy out of here. After he totally poked, I was like, you guys seem real interested in this. Do you guys want to meet him? You can be disciples too. And like, shut up, get out. So they kick him out of church, more or less. This has been going on for centuries. People have questions. People have new experiences. And they're bullied for it. And they're beaten down for it and they are exiled for it. And is it any wonder why we have so many people leave the church? And when they leave the church, they leave God. Because whether we like it or not, these two are often tied together. Religion can be seen as a lot of different things, as a, a guidebook for our behavior, 
But I want to suggest to you that religion is a tool that gives us language in which we can explore the greatest mystery of the universe, that thing we call God. But for those of you who grew up in the church, everything you know about God is filtered through that lens. That's how we have our language for it. That's why we say father. That's why we say shepherd. That's why we talk about blood and righteousness. That's the language we have. And it's incredibly useful. But then, when somebody is wronged, when somebody is hurt, when somebody is rejected and shoved out the door and they say, fine, I don't need this group of people and I don't need this church, all that language, all of those tools used to explore the mystery of everything is disgusting to them now because it's so closely tied to other human beings and not tied to what God actually is. But how do we determine that? How easy is it to split that up? And I, it's not. It's very difficult. But here's the important part of what we get here. The religion at Jesus' time was not God, and God was not the religion at the time. And for those of you who are struggling now, those of you who have been hurt today, that's an important thing that you have to get your mind around, that God is bigger than the tools we have to talk about him. God is bigger than what we can figure out. What we try to provide for you here, what a church should be doing is providing you with options, avenues, and language to help you ask big questions and to figure out something in your life. But do not mistake the tools for the divine itself. My favorite part of this story happens after this man is dismissed from the religious leaders. So back in John chapter 9, starting in verse 34, they answered him, you were born entirely in sins, and you're teaching us? So they put him out. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had put him out. And finding him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? This is a story about a guy who meets God unexpectedly. He wasn't looking for God, because he couldn't see. Just get bad. Mm. <laughs> you know, sometimes like, this is going pretty well. I'll try a stupid joke, and I'm not good. <clears throat> Whatever. He was not searching for God at the beginning of the story. At least not that we know of, but he certainly lived in that time, so he probably felt that his value was tied to what he did, what he was, which was blind, tied to whatever his parents had done. But he wasn't searching for God, at least we're not told that he is. And then when he's brought into a religious community, it doesn't support him, it doesn't acknowledge him, it doesn't even believe that he actually lived through blindness and regaining his sight. And then he meets God again. When? after he's been hurt. It's my favorite part of the story. He has been wounded. Anyone in his position in today's society would have walked out and said, this is garbage. 
That's a bunch of people with a righteous mask, but on the inside they are skeletons and dead people, and I don't want anything to do with them. And when this person leaves that community, Jesus comes and finds him. I don't know where it is that you find the most holy things. I don't know where it is when you feel closest to God. When I was growing up, there was a phrase we often used about being in the outdoors, and we always said, nature, it's God's second book. And after hearing that a lot, it started to become super, super cheesy to me. But there is something real there in that this works for some of you really well. And for others, spending time alone in the quiet space of your own room might work better. And for some, being out in nature works better. You can find God in all sorts of different places. And so today I want to suggest just a few things as we wrap up. First, I'm sorry if you've been hurt. It's awful. It's miserable. And if you've been hurt, you probably felt like it was their fault for choosing something about you that you felt was very real and natural and made a lot of sense. And so you're probably holding on to some kind of bitterness and some kind of rage and some kind of disgust. I would like to suggest that that is not actually about God. It's about people. Churches don't exist without them. And as much as I love people, we're also the worst. I would also like to suggest that God dwells around us constantly. So if something is not working for you, I would encourage you to not throw the baby out with the bathwater, as it were. I would like to suggest that you search and search and search, because what John chapter 9 shows us is that when we do not know where we're supposed to be, and when we feel wounded and hurt, and the language we have for God has become tainted and damaged, God comes to find us. Let's pray. Lord, bring us healing. Bring us your grace. Thank you for showing us in this story that it's not about what we do. It's not about what we're trying to earn. And even if our life is good or bad, it's not a reflection of our righteousness. Help us to dwell in that grace. Help us to get lost in it. Help us to view the rest of the world as a vibrant community, as a vibrant space where you live, where we can encounter you. May we continually be drawn by your mystery. And may we feel your warmth in those times when we are most alone. Thank you so much for your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray.
Thank you so much for coming by and listening to this episode. I just want to end here with another acknowledgement that if you've been hurt, and I've known a lot of people who have been hurt and offended and thrown out and just treated as less than human by their churches. And even though I can't possibly do anything to fix all of that and it's not much consolation, I am sorry that that has happened. And I totally understand and I'm okay with the idea that you don't want anything to do with another actual church. I have no idea how much time it takes to heal from something like that. But what I wanted to get to with a talk like this is that God is outside of church just as much as God is inside of church. Assuming we know what God really is, and again, that's the thing. We use religion to build this language about this thing called God, and it's hard to know how else to even think about it. How else do you define it? I don't know. We'll get into that on another episode more than likely but thanks again for being here music is by bensound.com if you want to get in touch with me or ask me a question i'm on twitter at cross exam cast thank you so much and we'll see you here next time <laughs>